Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Howard David Live. We welcome in Merrill Reese, the longtime voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. 46 years doing the same job. Are you bored yet? Not at all. <laughs> I, I love it more than ever. You, I, I read something where you said that this is not the best team the Eagles have ever had. You stand by that? No, I've said that it is the best team. Oh, it is. Okay. It is. And not the, the, the exact not, not, opposite. I think this is the best team they've ever had. And, and yet, four years ago, they won it all. They did. Uh, it was it was very fluky, where they they lost Chris Maragos, who was the best special teamer. They lost Jason Peters, who was their best offensive lineman at the time. They lost Jordan Hicks, who was their best linebacker. They lost their kicker, Caleb Sturgis. And, and on and on and on and on, Howard. And yet, finally, they lost Carson Wentz, who at that point of the season was probably the most likable, likely MVP, and they still won it. That was strange. Well, that Super Bowl introduced us to the phrase, the Philly special. Yes. <laughs> Which was a tremendously conceived uh, touchdown pass that was received by the quarterback. And it has since been done by other teams stealing from the Eagles. You know the funny story about that? Yep. They what? were lining up. It was fourth down in the yard with just a couple of seconds left in the half. And I said on the air, I said, they should kick. They should take the three points. You can't come this far without coming away with points. And I said, plus... The Patriots are going to receive the kickoff in the second half. Get your points right now. And then yeah. they go into the, the Philly special with uh, motion and Nick going in, Nick Foles going into the end zone and Trey Burton taking the ball and throwing it to Nick Foles. And Mike Quick said, that's why you're up here and Doug is down there. <laughs> and, I, and I always kid Doug and I tell him it was the worst call with the best result I ever saw. The thing that was interesting about that game, beating a team like the Patriots, obviously, uh, is that Tom Brady threw for over 500 yards in that game. And, yeah. and, and coaches will tell you that if you have to throw for that many yards, the chances are you're going to lose. But the Eagles scored, what, nine points in the last three minutes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of big plays. 
and the biggest defensive play was Brandon Graham knocking the ball out of the hands of Tom Brady, and it was recovered by Derek Barnett. So that changed the whole thing. Uh, Merrill, let me ask you about, um, you graduated from Temple with a degree in communications. Uh, when you went through that, what were your goals? To be doing exactly what I'm doing. Really? Really. It was as a kid growing up, uh, I would go to Franklin Field and watch the Eagles. And when they were in the huddle, I would look up at the, the broadcast booth and see Bill Campbell. And Bill Campbell was the voice of the Eagles for, for about 12 years. And boy, I loved everything he did. And I used to daydream and say, that's where I want to be someday. I mean, look, my goal was to be the Eagles quarterback. But at 5'8", yeah. 140 pounds, that wasn't going to happen. So, yeah. so this was the next best thing. You know, Bill Campbell uh, was a voice of Philadelphia sports in many ways. Uh, people don't remember that when Will Chamberlain scored 100 points in Hershey, Pennsylvania, the only account of that game is a radio broadcast done by Bill Campbell. There's no video history of that a great event anywhere. You're right. You, you are absolutely right. You know your Philadelphia history. Yeah. Well, I always thought when I was working in Princeton, New Jersey, that that was going to be my next, next stop uh, to go to Philadelphia, but it didn't work out that way. So we moved on, went to New York. And let's talk about uh, Philadelphia sports. I was involved with the WFL Philadelphia Bell, which lasted only a couple of years. And I was working with a guy you may remember, Tommy McDonald one of the great Philadelphia Eagles in history, maybe as great a player as there ever was. I'm, I'm sorry, we're breaking up a little bit. I said, I worked with Tommy McDonald doing the Philadelphia Bell games. And as you well know, Tommy McDonald is one of the great pages in history in Philadelphia sports. I, you know, you know what, I did, I did a, I did one game with Tommy. It was during the players' strike of '82, and I said to the station, "Let's pick up Penn football." So we picked up Penn football, and I got Tommy McDonald to do the color, and that lasted about one week because Tommy, in the middle of a play, would start yelling, "He's open! He's open! Get him out!" <laughs> and I'm doing the play-by-play, -play. he's yelling, "He's open!" <laughs> He just was, he was a wonderful, wonderful guy. I loved Tommy McDonald, but he was not cut out to be an analyst. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Tommy McDonald, when, when he was drafted by the Eagles, he was actually arrested in the Philadelphia airport because he looked amazingly like a guy they were looking for. I know. I heard that story. Yep. Uh, I heard then, it from. Then there was another famous, another famous mo moment where Tommy McDonald and uh, Sonny Jurgensen were driving. Sonny was driving from out near they lived near where they lived down the main line to Eagles practice down at Franklin in the, in the Penn area. And Tommy McDonald decided it would be cool to ride on the top of his station wagon with his hands <laughs> spread wide, holding on to the luggage rack. <laughs> that was another another famous Tommy McDonald moment. <laughs> Uh, another name from Philadelphia sports initially was the great Chuck Daly, who coached at Penn. Uh, I got to know Chuck. I was doing Princeton games and got to know him uh, anytime Princeton played Penn, which was always a tough game. But then Chuck came to coach the New sure. Jersey. He came to coach the New Jersey Nets, and I was doing their games. 
And I, for two years, I, I spent a lot of time with Chuck. He's one of the five guys in my life that crossed my path that had an impact on me. Yeah, great guy. You know who is the top assistant at Penn was, don't you? Go ahead. Rolly Massimino. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, at Chuck's uh, funeral service, which I went to in Florida, Rowley was there. Billy Cunningham was there. Obviously, Billy was a great uh, player for the Sixers and a coach as well. Uh, let's get to the game on Sunday. I'm going to make an observation. Is there a game I'm, Sunday? Yeah, <laughs> I heard. <laughs> let's, as a guy that doesn't have a horse in the race, that's looking to see just a good game, on the surface, you've got Patrick Mahomes, who's been in three previous Super Bowls. Got Justin Hurts, Jalen Hurts. That's not. Is that a factor early on? You would you would normally say that experience is is a benefit. So yes, it's it's a benefit. Is it is it a difference maker? I don't think so, because there is nothing that seems to seems to change the demeanor of Jalen Hurts. Do you remember that? Do you remember many years ago the book? that they used to have about the many faces Tom Landry and you would yeah. turn the pages and it would say Tom Landry after a win, Tom Landry after a loss, Tom Landry after a big Dallas play. They were all the same picture. And that's Jalen Hurts. He doesn't change. He doesn't get overly high. He doesn't get overly low. One of the great things about him, he is very, very poised. So not going to go out there wide-eyed and out of control you've got two teams that play excellent defense the eagles have led the league in sacks with 70 which is unheard of but they've got three guys that have had double digit sacks uh which is also unheard of and having said that uh when the cincinnati bengals played kansas city they could not get at mahomes because they never put pressure on him but I suspect the Eagles will do exactly that. I don't think the Eagles are going to blitz a lot, but they're going to have to get pressure with their front four, and the front four are terrific. Uh, the reason I say that is because when you blitz Mahomes, he is so adept at finding the man who is open that where you've taken somebody from the secondary that he can kill you. Uh, the Eagles will do it with their front four. And if that and actually, even though he's listed as a linebacker, he's really mostly an edge rusher. And that's Hassan Reddick. He has been tremendous all season with 16 sacks. And he's had more in the playoffs. Well, you got Graham and you got Hargrove that had 11 each. You know, that's, that, that's unusual to have three guys on the same team with double-digit yeah. sacks. I, I think they have four. I think Fletcher Cox has 10. Okay, I did not know that. I missed that. Offensively, you got Jalen Hurts, who's a dual threat. He can throw it. He can run it. Wait a minute. A Wait a minute. He's, he's a triple threat. The Eagles coaches say he's a triple threat. His arm, his legs, and his mind. All right. He is very, very sharp. He, he has learned to be able to read defenses. He's extremely bright. He's a student of the game who comes in on his day off and just goes through tape after tape after tape. He is, I've never seen somebody as dedicated and driven as Jalen Hurts. You know, it's interesting, Merrill. We're talking with Merrill Reese, the longtime voice of the Eagles, 
What's interesting to me is that Hurts uh, gets a lot of acknowledgement, and he deserves it. But you don't hear much about A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, two outstanding receivers. Best pair of receivers in Eagles history. Really? The best pair of receivers in Eagles history. And I work with Mike Quick, who played with Harold Carmichael. But when they were together, it was Mike's rookie year, and all he had were 10 receptions. And it was just about the end of Harold's career. So if you had had those two at their primes together, they'd be competitors for A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But even Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson were very, very good. Not as good a pair as these two. Merrill, I'm going to tell you a cute story about Harold Carmichael. Back then when he was playing, the Eagles had a basketball team of their players. And they would go all around and for charity and go to different communities. Well, they came to Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, and they played a group of, and I played against him. So I'm <laughs> driving down, I'm driving down the lane and Harold, as you remember, was I think 6'10". And I'm driving down six, the eight. lane. 6'8". Six, six, eight. Eight. Well, he might he might as well have been 6'10". I came down the lane and I got this remembrance of Harold Carmichael. It says Spalding across my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe it. I can believe it. Harold, Harold is a great guy. Yeah. He's still around. Hall of Fame member. He'll be at the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, let's let's talk about what the Eagles have faced with in Patrick Mahomes. We all know about his ankle injury. Generally, high ankle sprains go for three to four weeks. Uh, he played two weeks ago against Cincinnati uh, and played well, but you could tell that he was having problems. Uh, and the Eagles, you know, they see that as an advantage, obviously. So you say they won't blitz, but they will try to put a lot of pressure on him. Yes, absolutely. And I'm not saying they won't blitz, but it won't be a wholesale move. I mean, they'll, they'll blitz occasionally, but it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be a bundle of blitzes coming at him. That's not their MO. You know, uh, the, everybody's talked about the fact that there are two brothers playing in this game, the Kelsey's Jason and Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey is a full load. Uh, he's as, he, he might be the best tight end in the NFL. Uh, how do you deal with him if you're the Eagles? You, uh, you, you deal with him basically with your safeties. Maybe at times you double cover him uh, with, a, with a nickel nickel corner like Avante Maddox. I think the two guys who will play the biggest role in trying to contain, you're not going to stop, but trying to contain uh, Kansas City number 87 are C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Avante Maddox. They will be the guys entrusted with the the defense of of Travis Kelsey. He's he is you say he 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 or George Kittle. One of those two is the best. But you know what? The Eagles have a guy by the name of Gall Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is a tremendous tight end. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as spectacular as those two, but they get the ball to him and he turns into a bull. He turns into a fullback. He is a tremendous guy in the yak category. The uh, Chiefs also come at you with Juju Smith-Schuster and Scantling. Scantling had a big game against Cincinnati. Two very proficient wide receivers. I'm not sure that the Eagles won't say, okay, let's see if you're going to run the ball against us. And that will be a test for Kansas City. Yeah, I think it will be. I think it will be. And the uh, just saw that they got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back, and I right. think that will help them because he's a pretty good back. 
Yeah. And they, of course, they have, um, they, they've got decent backs. They've got Jarek McKinnon. Uh, he's tough. Uh, they've, and, and the other guy who's, who's come on lately has been number 10. Uh, he's a pretty good back, too. Let me ask you about that. I, I read this just today when Andy Reid took over the Kansas City Chiefs. And of course, he spent 14 years in Philadelphia. Uh, he didn't keep Nick Sirianni, who was the wide receivers coach, I think, at that time for Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, is there any any bitterness that Sirianni has at not being kept by Reid? No, no. There, there might have been. He, I'm, I'm sure at the time he didn't say thank you very much and danced out of the office. But um, as he says today, remembering that day, that Andy Reid said a lot of nice things to him. And Andy said, I knew that he would be picked up because he was so highly regarded and was considered to be an outstanding young coach. But Andy Reid, like a lot of coaches, have their loyalties. And the man he took from that job uh, for that job was with him at the Eagles for a long time by the name of David Coley who was unfairly fired last year as the head coach of the Houston Texans, where he did a great job. They only gave him one year. He won four years. Uh, he won four games with a weak team. But uh, David Coley was already an accomplished coach, and Andy just felt a sense of loyalty to David. But it had nothing to do with um, a, a miscalculation of the skills and ability of Nick Sirianni. And Nick understands that. And I think there's a a warm relationship between the two of them. Voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese, joining yours truly, Howard David. I uh, think of Andy Reid back in his days when he was the Eagles coach. And it's kind of odd <laughs> when you come out there on Sunday and across the way is Andy Reid, former Eagles coach, now Chiefs coach. You got the Kelsey brothers. You've got the first pair of black quarterbacks going against each other for the first time. A lot of coincidences in this matchup. Yeah, great stories. Um, you know, Andy is the winningest coach in Eagles history, and right. not by a little bit. He has 140 wins. And second place is somebody by the name of Gracie Neal, who coached the 48 and 49 champions, and he has 66 wins. That's how far ahead of everybody else Andy is in wins as the Eagles head coach. Merrill, when, when I look at uh, the state of the NFL right now, we remember two years ago the NFC East was called the NFC Least because you had the, the Dallas Cowboys, you had the Eagles, and but there wasn't really a dominant division. Now you got the Eagles made the playoffs, the Cowboys made the playoffs, the Giants made the playoffs. All of a sudden, this is a fist fight every time you play a division opponent. It is. It is. But I, I still think the Eagles – didn't just squeak by. They were, uh, even though Dallas had a good season, uh, I think they would have beaten Dallas twice. Mm -hmm. The second game, uh, they narrowly lost to the Cowboys, and that was with Gardner Minshew. That was one of the games that Jalen Hurts uh, was out for. But Jalen Hurts quarterbacked 17 games and won 16 of them. Let me ask you about the, the, the current uh, array of quarterbacks in the league you got two young quarterbacks playing in the Super Bowl. Got a lot of young quarterbacks throughout the league. There's a question about Aaron Rodgers. Where is he going to play next year? Is he going to play next year? Uh, there was a question about Tom Brady. He solved that when he, stand, he stood up, what, a week ago or less than a week ago and said, I'm going to retire. Uh, I was not surprised by that. I thought he was going to retire last year. 
but he didn't. Now, here's Aaron Rodgers. Do you think he plays in Green Bay, or you think he's going somewhere else? I'm sorry, we're, we're breaking up now. You're, you're, I think he's going somewhere else. I, I really do. Uh, he's he's real excited right now because he won the, the Pro-Am at Pebble Beach. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Aaron Rodgers uh, end up with a team like Las Vegas. That wouldn't shock me. I, well, maybe about, the Jets. Yeah, well, I'm just going to ask you about that because if I put the two franchises side by side, Raiders and Jets, he would be better off going to the Jets. They've got more to offer in terms of a lot of young talent on both sides of the ball. Yeah, didn't they just bring in Nathaniel Hackett, who coached him in Green Bay to be right. their offensive coordinator? So that that might tell you something. But I don't think he's going back to Green Bay. But I have I have no firsthand connection with that. I'm just reading the tea leaves like everybody else. Well, you got Derek Carr, who's going to be out there, who played in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. He's going to probably have a different address. Uh, you yeah. got the Jimmy Garoppolo who was in San Francisco. His days are done there. You'd have to believe. Uh, and you got Baker Mayfield, who's a decent quarterback. So we're going to see yes, a lot is. of changes. Yeah. And I think that uh, when, Baker when I Mayfield look, could end up. I, I was going to say Baker Mayfield could end up out with the Rams again, uh-huh. because I think he performed very well for them. And you have Matthew Stafford coming back from a serious injury. And I think they want to protect themselves. But um, if he's happy out there, they may make him happier. But I think I think he is a very underrated quarterback. Merrill, I was talking to Adam Schefter, one of the great NFL insiders. Uh, and I was saying, if I said the Philadelphia Eagles were going to be the favorite to go back to back next year, he said there's a very good likelihood that's going to happen. Well, he, I, I, I'm sure he's right. but. Being the favorite doesn't always mean being the winner or even getting there for that matter. You know, I was having a conversation with one of the one of the top Eagles this past Saturday in the locker room. And he said, you know, what's great. This is a young team. This team is going to be a really good team for years to come. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Look around this locker room and enjoy it. And unless you could actually take a, a bubble and put this team in a bubble, you're never going to play with this team again because teams change. There are going to be retirements. There are going to be guys they can't keep under the salary cap. There will be trades. All of these things can happen. Howard, do you care to guess how many people who lined up on February 4th, 2018 in Minnesota for the Eagles who won Super Bowl 52. Do you know how many of those guys are part of this team? About six. Seven. Really? Seven. That's it. That's it. It changes. You don't ever know. That's why they have to make hay this week. That's why I remember, I like to say, once upon a time when dinosaurs inhabited the earth, <laughs> I was coming back from Super Bowl 15 with Dick Vermeil's Eagles. And we're coming back from uh, uh, New Orleans, where they had just lost to the Raiders. And when we got on the plane, almost to a man, everybody said, we're going to be back here next year, and we're going to win. And they're not back in New Orleans, but back at the Super Bowl next year, because we know what it's all about. We're not going to be wide-eyed. We have the experience. 
we will come back here next year and win. Well, next year occurred 25 years later. <laughs> so you just never know. Yeah, uh, he's Merrill Reese, the longtime voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. The state of the NFL right now, I don't think it's ever been in better shape. Uh, but the only thing that does concern me, and it concerns in every sport, uh, officiating comes under scrutiny every single year, regardless of the sport, uh, to the point of where sometimes it can change the outcome of a game. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think the officiating is good for the most part. I think sometimes they they tend to call too much. Um, I, I think they've got to take a look at the fact that there are so many stoppages in each game. I mean, mm -hmm. why do you have to call an eligible receiver downfield if it's a matter of five yards and it occurs on the opposite side of the field from where the play developed? It actually had nothing to do with the play. And they call it after three yards. And and it's it's actually they give you two. That's that's a, why. I mean, why? That does nothing. So so if you want to keep it in, keep it in. But don't make it a point of emphasis. I think there are too many flags. Right. Let me run this one by you and, and tell me what you think. One of the things that really gets me annoyed is when they call pass interference 50 yards downfield. It's a spot foul. You get the ball at that point. Well, in college, it's a 15-yard penalty. I'm of the belief that the, the spot foul uh, does not do the NFL justice. It's too penalizing, in my view. Agree. I agree. I do. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's something that should be changed. I also think that they finally got it right. And for the playoffs... They move it to the fact that if you go into overtime, each team gets one possession. During the regular season, if the team that wins the coin toss takes the ball and scores a touchdown, the game is over. Only if they don't score or score a field goal does the other team get a chance. I think that has to be changed throughout the season. Each team is guaranteed one possession. No, I, I completely agree. So. Sunday, you want to see the Eagles win because it makes your job easier. <laughs> we both know that. Uh, do you see this as a high-scoring game or not? I think it will be. Do you? I, 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 you know, I don't think it's going to be in the 40s, but, but I, I don't think this is going to be a 10-7 a, a game. I don't think it's going to be a 17-10 game. I think this game could approach 30 points, yes, per team, somewhere in that area. I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a really tough game. I listen. Wait, I'm. I look at this team, and I, I've said to you, I think they're very, very good. I'm being honest with you. I'm not a homer because I'm as critical as the of the Eagles as you can be. And if there's a flag that they benefit from, and I think it's a bad call, I will say it. Mike Quick will say it. We're honest. But I'm going to tell you when I look at the rosters, when I look at the departments, I think the Eagles are a more complete team than the Kansas City Chiefs. But there are mitigating factors. You talked about, of course, Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if they tape both of his legs with duct tape. He will find a way to hop out of that pocket and make plays. And he throws from about 10 different platforms. He's great. I think the fact that Andy Reid has been a head coach for 24 years and that this is his fourth Super Bowl at 
adds to his experience. And he's a great planner. Andy hardly ever loses a game when he has a bye week. So there are a lot of factors in this game. But I think the Eagles have the, the one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in the NFL. If you look at the Eagles' backs, they are certainly more gifted than the Chiefs' backs. I mean, Miles Sanders, fifth in the league or fourth in the league in rushing this year with almost 1,300 yards. And then they have Boston Scott, who's a change of pace. And the third down back, Kenneth Gainwell, he's a very, very good back. There's no comparison in the wide receivers. Uh, the defense is very solid throughout. They've got two terrific corners. I mean, getting uh, James Blackburn, uh, I mean, James Bradbury from the Giants, that was, that was tremendous. When they got yep. Bradbury, that's a big pickup to team him up with Darius Big Play Slay. So I think if you look at the rosters, if you look at the departments, I think the Eagles are the more complete team. But that doesn't mean that I stand here and tell you that I'm confident they're going to win because I think there are a lot of different factors in the game. I think turnovers can make a big difference in the game. You know, during the season, the Eagles were plus 15 in turnover, turnover differential at midseason and ended up plus eight, which means they were minus seven in those last six or seven games. Right now in the playoffs, they are plus four. Green, uh, the, the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs during the season were a shocking minus three. Minus three hmm. for a team that made it to the Super Bowl. But in the postseason, they, like the Eagles, have been plus four. So there are a lot of factors that go into this. If the Eagles play their best game, they'll win. But you don't always play your best game. Turnovers, turnovers kill. Right. The biggest offensive play, as we said, of Super Bowl 52 was when Brandon Graham separated Tom Brady from the ball. That changed everything. And turnovers could decide this game once again. The Eagles have one focus on their, their offense, the offensive line. That is, keep Chris Jones away from Jalen Hurts. Yes, yes. And do you realize, Howard, that Lane Johnson hasn't allowed a sack in his past 1,000 snaps? Wow. He hasn't, he hasn't given up a sack since November of 2020. How's that? That's a great stat. Hey, Merrill, enjoy the game on Sunday. It's uh, it's always great to do Super Bowls. I've had the pleasure of doing seven on national radio, and there's nothing like it. I know it. I know it. I can't wait. Well, I appreciate your time, Merrill. Thanks again. You stay safe. Thank you, Howard. You too. He's Merrill Reese, the longtime voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. 46 years of doing that job. God love him. It's, uh, it's, it's a great honor. No question about it. I want to switch gears a little bit. There was a big trade the other day in the NBA, and it involved Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving, uh, the fact of the matter is Kyrie Irving has been difficult, and I'm being kind. Uh, he was difficult in Cleveland. They won a title with LeBron James and him. Uh, he asked to be traded. He was to Boston. Uh, they couldn't wait to get rid of him in Boston after a couple of years. Matter of fact, I understood that the uh, uh, 
that, that the roster, the players in the locker room had a party when he left the building. So then he goes to Brooklyn. And we know what's happened to him. A couple of days ago, he asked for a trade. Didn't specify where, but we knew he wanted to go to the Lakers and play again with LeBron James. Didn't work out. The owner of the uh, Brooklyn Nets made it pretty clear he wasn't going to trade him to the Lakers. For whatever the reason, maybe it's personal, maybe it's anti-Laker. I don't have the answer to that. I would only say this. Uh, I would say this. Whether he got traded to the Lakers or not doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is he didn't go there. He's not going to be playing for the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, the way I look at it is the Dallas Mavericks are a better team with him. Problem is, the problem is that when you have a guy like Kyrie Irving and you know what his history is, you know what his resume is, and you say to yourself, what do you do with a guy like that? Suppose he doesn't like it when he gets up one morning. Suppose he walks into the locker room and says, you know, today's not my day. Uh, I'm not ready to play today. I mean, he's missed over 100 games with the Nets. They brought him to Brooklyn to team up with Kevin Durant to win a title. Obviously, it did not happen. Can he win a title with the Dallas Mavericks? Yeah, sure he can. Uh, I'm not swearing that he's going to win a title with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm just going to say that here's a guy that you would have thought would be comfortable winning a championship with Brooklyn, with Kevin Durant. That whole thing blew up. Personally, I don't want him on my team. That's just me. I want a guy who, who spells the word team with T-E-A-M. I don't want a guy who goes out there on the floor every night thinking about only himself. And that's who Kyrie Irving is. Supremely talented player. No question about it. But he comes with baggage. And I mean a lot of baggage. Two suitors, hanging bag, suit bag, shoe bag. He is a problem. Now, all is rosy now in Dallas on February 7th. What about a month from now? What about in the playoffs if things don't go his way? I'm surprised that Mark Cuban took a shot on him. I really, really am. Because I respect Mark Cuban. I think he's a brilliant businessman. He's proven that he knows how to make money. You don't, you're not stupid if you're a billionaire. You can make mistakes along the way. But sports is a different animal. Yeah, sports is a different animal. Because the way you run your business, whether it's, I'll take Jerry Jones as an example. He made a fortune in the oil business. But things have not gone well in Dallas. They haven't even been to the Super Bowl since 1995. But here we are with Mark Cuban, who's made a fortune in his businesses. And the Dallas Mavericks are a successful organization. But now they're, they're walking. No, they're running. They're leaping into the national spotlight with Kyrie Irving. How does it work out? I don't know. I just know what history says, that Kyrie Irving is a full load, okay? He's a big problem. I'm not, I'm not making light of it. 
I wish you well. I don't mean I have harm towards anybody. Kyrie Irving is another animal altogether. That's all I'm saying. We'll see how it all works out. One quick note before we depart. LeBron James playing a game tonight. He needs 36 points to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I hope he gets it tonight. Kareem's going to be in the building in L.A. I like LeBron James a lot. I admire who he is as an athlete, as a smart young guy. I mean, everybody says, well, he's 38 years old. <laughs> I'll trade with him right now. Fact is, LeBron James makes a lot more right moves than wrong moves. He's going to be the, the scoring champion, whether it's tonight or the next game. But it's going to happen in the, no more than the next two games. I really like to see it tonight. And he said something very interesting. And he was asked, I think uh, Michael Wilbon asked him on ESPN in an interview I saw today. How do you want your last, your, your, your points coming that breaks the record? And LeBron thought about it for a minute. And he goes, I know which way I don't want it. I don't want it with a free throw. I thought that was kind of cute. I mean, if he needs two to break the record and he makes a three from the field, God bless him. If he needs two and he makes a basket, God bless him. If he makes a free throw, come on, LeBron, you're going to take whatever it takes. Great player, stand-up guy, takes the hits. A lot of people don't like him because does he complain a lot? Yeah, sure. He's also the best of his time. He's not better than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's not better than him. Michael was the best of his time. LeBron's the best of his time. End of discussion. I'm Howard David. Thanks for being a part of Howard David Live, and you stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.